with another episode of Raising Daughters. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who comes to you most weeks with a new podcast, trying to give you some information to help you see your daughters differently, understand your daughters, and also be able to support them in a way that you remain an influence throughout their childhood, their teen years, and beyond. Today, I want to, talk, I want to start with a poem. It's one of my favorite poems of all time, and it goes like this. Here's to the kids who are different, the kids who don't always get A's, the kids who have ears twice the size of their peers and noses that go on for days. Here's to the kids who are different, the kids they call crazy or dumb, the kids who don't fit with the guts and the grit who dance to a different drum. Here's to the kids who are different, the kids with the mischievous streak, for when they have grown, as history has shown, It's their difference that makes them unique. Love it, love it, love it. I love that poem. And I think many of you in this podcast, I'm going to talk about kids who are different, quote unquote. And it was basically kind of inspired by my first week of summer camp, which just ended last week. And one of the things that we do at our camp sometimes is we do an exercise where we go around the circle And everybody shares one way they feel different in a way that they don't like. Now, there's lots of ways we may feel different, but we like it. We like being that way, but there's some ways that we judge in ourselves. And so each girl goes around, they share something. Sometimes the girls will get a little nervous. They'll say, can I pass? We'll say, sure, we'll come back to you. I've been doing these these circles, these how I feel different circles for a long, long time. 30 years, camps, retreats, school programs even. And I've never had kids not share, eventually. And what happened at camp a week ago was we went around the circle. Uh, the girls all shared. We went back to two or three girls. And then some of the girls said, I have another one. So we went around a second time. Girls like to share. It's so valuable for them to hear that they're not the only ones who feel like, like they're different in some way, who feel like they judge themselves in some way. Unfortunately, many kids are teased or made fun of or put down for being different in some of these different ways. And it's oftentimes by their peers, sometimes by their siblings, sometimes by their parents, and sometimes by their teachers. I remember I heard a really good story a long time ago about this little girl who was very distracted in school. She had a hard time paying attention, especially in the kind of the regular classes like math and science and reading and English and all those kinds of things. But... She was very focused when she was drawing pictures. One day, this little girl had her head down when she was supposed to be paying attention. And the teacher walked up to her desk and she said, Hey there, uh, what are you drawing? And the little girl replied, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher said, But nobody knows what God looks like. The little girl looked up at her and grinned and she said, They will in a minute. A lot of kids who are different in lots of different ways aren't seen for who they are. They're judged. We try and change them into being more normal, quote unquote, to their detriment. So what I'd like to do is share a bunch of ways that kids have told me that they feel different in my counseling practice, but mostly in my retreats, my summer camps, my circle time in schools, etc. And uh, last week, uh, I heard a lot of these, but I've also heard them in other times as well. 
And one of the ways that girls feel different is in their size. I remember uh, we've had girls a lot of times, especially in about fifth, sixth grade, when girls start puberty earlier, and especially the first girl who goes through puberty because they're tall, oftentimes taller than not just the girls, but also all the boys in the class. They start getting a little curvy, and then they get really upset because they feel so different. I've had a lot of girls who feel like they're fat and stuff when they're just getting curvy because they don't look like their little stick figure, you know, little girl looking friends. Girls sometimes feel different because they're short. They may have a heavier build. I've had a lot of girls in my circles feel fat because when they sit down in a circle with their friends at school, uh, maybe like if they're at the swimming pool or something, and then they look at their thighs compared to their friend's thighs, and especially girls who are athletes, gymnasts, swimmers, whatever the sport, they have strong legs, right? They have muscular legs, but those look different than the little stick legs that some of their friends have. So then they interpret that as being, I'm fat. There's girls who have, there's one girl at, at last week who is in sixth grade, I'm sorry, seventh grade. She's a tall, fairly thin girl, but she's also very strong. She plays lots of different sports. And she said she feels different because her arms are so muscular. And she didn't like it because in her mind, it looks so much different than her friends and her peers. And she had just very athletic looking arms. They weren't big. She wasn't like, you know, ripped. She just had, you know, strong arms. But she was feeling different because of that. Appearance is a big one. A lot of girls in my circles will say they feel different. I've had girls tell me they feel different because they have a big nose. There was a girl last week who felt different because she had red hair, and she was the only one in her family who had red hair, except for her great-grandma, who had passed away recently. And so one of the things I remember encouraging her to do was to talk to her mom and talk to her grandma to get stories about her great-grandmother because she loved her great-grandmother because she seemed so much more like her than the rest of the family. I said, you need to do some research and get a sense of how am I like her besides the red hair? And she said, well, I think I know that already because my grandma was really spunky and she had a lot of spirit. People called her that. She had a lot of spirit. And this girl's the exact same way. So instead of judging herself as being different in a bad way, she could connect with her great-grandma and realize, I'm really glad I'm like her. We had girls last week who felt different because they have curly hair, wavy hair. One girl was the first girl in her class to get braces. We had one girl who was born both hands with just one finger on her hands, and she felt different because of that. We had a girl at a weekend retreat last year who had one hand that had no fingers on it. She was born that way. We had a girl at a retreat last year who was born deaf and she has cochlear implants. Um, and so she felt different because of that. We've had kids talk about feeling different because they have dark skin, especially if they're in a school where there's very few African-American girls or girls from India or, or places of that sort. I've had several girls over the years who felt different because they, they had uh, a cleft lip or a cleft palate or birthmarks. Lots of girls who had maybe hemangiomas, like red spots on their face or different parts of their body because just because that's the way they were born, who felt different because of that. It made them stick out. And especially if they're teased by it or about it. We've talked in this podcast in the past about 
how girls, especially when they get into fifth, sixth grade and, and up, how often they compare themselves to their peers. And when they don't look like their peers or act like their peers or in any sort of way, sometimes that makes them look or feel different. And that appearance thing is a huge one, obviously, especially in middle school, high school. Other ways that kids feel different is with their behavior. I had a girl last week who stutters a little bit when she gets anxious. Another girl, uh, when she gets nervous or anxious in big groups, especially, or if she's giving a talk, her, she has little facial tics that come out. You don't normally see those, but when she's anxious or nervous, that's when they come out. I've had girls in past circles who said they feel different because they have a fear of vomiting. They may have thrown up one time or maybe had a, a, a friend who threw up in school. And so that, that got in their head. I don't want to be that or do that again. And so they, they get anxious about it. And then they get so anxious that they get a stomach ache. And then when they get a stomach ache, they're afraid they're going to throw up. And boy, does that go in a loop in their head. I've had a lot of girls, not a lot. I've had several girls in the last three or four years who shared in our How I Feel Different circle that they have misophonia. Misophonia, which is being sensitive to, to noises. And uh, the two girls I can think of off the top of my head, one of them was about six months ago. She talked about how one of her younger brothers eats loudly. He chews loudly and it just drives her crazy. So she felt different because she's so sensitive to that. I've had girls say they feel different because they can't sit still. They're really impulsive. They're really restless. They, they, you know, they tap their foot or they pick their nails or they, they're always cracking their nails. Also had a lot of girls, especially in the last several years, who feel different because they're not girly girls. Uh, one of the girls who's been to our camps the last few years, uh, you know, dresses down. She likes to wear her hair shorter. She's got a lot of male energy. She's very athletic. Um, and she feels different because she has a hard time connecting to girls her age because they're very girly. They're into clothes and boys and things. And she's just not there. I've had some girls who were getting into middle school and beyond who felt different because they still talked to their pets or even talked to their stuffed animals when they felt down because they felt like they had nobody else to go to. And that made them feel different. Another way the girls feel different in our circles is that they have a label. There were two girls last week in our circle who felt different because they have, they have ADHD. And that made them feel different. I've had girls who have been diagnosed with things like, uh, you know, depression or an anxiety disorder or having social anxiety. And because of those labels, some of them may or may not be on medication, but because of the labels, that made them feel different in a way they don't like. There's some girls who have been labeled as being too shy or too loud or too out there. There's a girl in uh, one of my high school retreats this past year who said she'd been labeled in her family as being too sensitive. Her family is more stoic. They're kind of quiet. And this girl's kind of out there. But she's also, she just feels. She just feels her emotions outwardly, whereas her, her family is a family of stuffers. And so when she cries over things or she, or she cries during movies and things, she gets criticized in her family for being too sensitive. And at least in her family and beyond, that makes her feel like she shouldn't be that way. And she feels different. There are a lot of ways kids feel different because of the way their family is, different parts of their family, the way their family acts, etc. Uh, I had a girl last week who was adopted. And so she said in our How I Feel Different circle that she felt that way because she'd been adopted when she was a baby from Russia. Kids who have been through divorce feel different 
because they have to go to two houses. They may feel different because they don't see their dad very much because after a divorce, their dad may have moved and has a new family. I've had kids feel different because they're an only child and and all their friends have siblings. I've also had a lot of girls in the past, and one of these was uh, last week, who felt different because she said she gets embarrassed because she doesn't want to have her friends over to her house because her parents are always bickering and always fighting, and she doesn't want that to happen when her friends are there because that would really embarrass her. I've had kids, especially in the last five to ten years, who feel different because they have two moms or two dads. I've had kids say they felt different because they have a brother with autism. One girl uh, uh, this past spring in one of our weekend retreats felt different because she had a sister with Down syndrome. Uh, I had one girl who has a brother who's on the spectrum who's a year or two older than her. And sometimes at school he blows up and has fits and meltdowns. And they call her from the office. They call her to come down to the counselor's office to try and quiet him down. And he gets made fun of at school. He gets harassed. And so she feels different because she's got to handle all that for him. She's been taking care of him her whole life. I had a girl in my high school retreat a couple months ago who said she felt different because she had an older sister who was a wild child, who was always in trouble, who was getting into such bad fights with her parents sometimes that they had to call the police because they couldn't get her to, to calm down. So she felt different because of that. I've had several girls over the past who feel different because they have a parent who may be in jail. Several dads in prison for doing different things. And I gave a talk in Iowa, uh, or not a talk, we did a, a school program a couple years ago. And the community had a big problem with meth. And there were several girls in our circle who said they felt different because, number one, several of them had parents who had addictions drug addictions to meth, and two of them had had parents who were in prison because of it, for selling it. I've had a, a girl last week in camp who said she felt different because she's an introvert in a family of extroverts. So she has a dad and, and a brother who are very loud and out there, and she has a mom who's kind of that way too, and this girl is more quiet. She likes her alone time, and so in her family, she feels like she doesn't quite fit the mold. I've also had a lot of girls in the past, including a girl last week, who said she felt different because she loves art. She's an artsy, arts and crafts kind of kid in a family of athletes, where her sister and her brother are these top athlete kind of people. Her dad's really into sports. Her mom was an athlete in high school. And this girl is not into sports, hates competition, um, but she loves art. And she's gotten pressure in the past from her family, like she should be more into sports, and they also don't really support her, her artsy stuff as much as they support her siblings' sports stuff. I remember years ago, I found a story. And I can't remember where I found it. But the story is called The Little Boy by Helen Buckley. And it's a little bit long, but bear with me. One day, a little boy went to school. And when he had been in school a while, the teacher said, today we're going to make a picture. Good, said the little boy. He loved making pictures. He liked to make all kinds of things, lions and tigers and trains and boats. So he took out his box of crayons and he started to draw. But the teacher said, wait, it's not time to begin. And she waited until everybody looked ready. Now, said the teacher, we're going to make flowers. Good, said the little boy. He loved making flowers. 
He began to make a beautiful one with his pink and orange and blue crayons, but the teacher said, wait, wait, I will show you how. And the teacher's flower was red with a green stem. There, said the teacher, now you may begin. The little boy looked at the teacher's, and then he looked at his own flower, and he liked his flower a lot better than the teacher's, but he didn't say this. He just turned his paper over, and he made a flower just like the teacher's. It was red with a green stem. On another day, when the little boy had opened the door from the outside all by himself, the teacher said, Today we're going to make something with clay. Good, said the little boy. I love making things with clay. I like to make snakes and snowmen and elephants and cars and trucks. And he began to pull and pinch his ball of clay. But the teacher said, Wait, it's not time to begin. And she waited until everybody looked ready. Now, said the teacher, we're going to make a dish. He liked to make dishes, and he began to make some. They were all shapes and all kinds of sizes, but the teacher said, Wait, and I will show you how. And she showed everyone how to make one deep dish. There, said the teacher, now you may begin. This little boy looked at the teacher's dish, he looked at his own, and he liked his dishes better than the teacher's, but he didn't say this. He just rolled his clay into a big ball and made a dish just like the teacher's. It was a deep dish. And pretty soon... The little boy learned to wait and to watch and to make things just like the teacher. And pretty soon, he didn't make things of his own anymore. Then it happened that the little boy and his family moved to another house in another city. And the little boy had to start another school. And the very first day he was there, the teacher said, Today we're going to make a picture. Good, thought the little boy. And he waited for the teacher to tell him what to do. But the teacher didn't say anything. She just walked around the room, and when she came to this little boy, she said, Don't you want to make a picture? Yes, said the little boy. What are we going to make? Well, I don't know until you make it, said the teacher. But how shall I make it, said the little boy. Why, any way you want, said the teacher. And any color, asked the little boy. Any color, said the teacher. If everybody made the same picture and used the same colors, how would I know who made what and which was which? I don't know, said the little boy. And then he sat down, looked at his paper, and he began to draw a red flower with a green stem. I'm afraid our whole educational system does that to children. I think we beat the creativity out of them. Uh, there's a really good author, Ken Robinson, who's written some, some good things about creativity and schools and the educational system. Ken Robinson. He actually did a really good TED talk too. Was, I think it was the top, one of the top three most watched TED talks of all time. And I think because of the way kids are treated, because of the way we educate them, a lot of times I think we're missing out on some great artists and some great musicians and some great writers because we don't value that stuff as much as we do the ABCs and that sort of thing, especially in this day and age. And you may have one of those daughters or sons in your home. And you, I want you to be very conscious about the way you support them. I want you to value that stuff as much as you value their, their select soccer teams. Other things I've heard in my how you feel different circles. Sometimes it's just about stuff. Like I've had girls say that they feel different because they don't have a cell phone because their mom and dad don't believe in that and aren't letting them have it yet. And all their friends have one. Same thing goes sometimes for social media. I've had a lot of girls in the circle say, I feel different because all my friends are on TikTok and I'm not. There's some girls who also say they don't get to watch a lot of the TV shows that their friend do, friends do, so they, they feel different. I remember about five years ago, 
my wife Ann and I were at a school, it's an all girls school, and we were working with the sixth grade class. And we were, and the second time I think we were there, we did our How Do You Feel Different circle. And I remember one of the girls said that she felt different because she was so busy with all of her sports and activities that she didn't have any free time. She didn't have any downtime. And so when she would hear about her friends doing things together on the weekends, just fun stuff, she felt different because she didn't have time to do those things. I thought that was a very telling, telling testament about our culture today. Um, a lot of kids feel different because they don't have that kind of time. A lot of kids also, girls have told me they feel different in our circles because they have different hobbies, uncommon hobbies. They're, they're really into anime. I had a girl last week who loves to draw comic characters, comic strip characters. She wants to do that as a career, but none of her friends do that, so that makes her feel different. A last area that I want to give you some examples of is when girls feel different because of their abilities in different kinds of things. As an example, let me tell you a story about a woman whose name is Jillian Lynn. In the 1930s, Jillian was an eight-year-old, and she was taken by her mom to a psychologist because she was doing so bad in school. She was late turning in her homework. She was a poor test taker. She was always fidgeting and disrupting the class. She just couldn't sit still. After the psychologist listened to the mom's information and talked to Jillian and observed her, he said to the mom that he wanted to talk to her in private, and so they left the room. But before they did, he turned on the radio to a station that was playing dance music. He and the mom walked out, they went around the corner, and they started to watch Jillian through their two-way mirror. And, and when they did, as soon as they closed the door and were watching, Jillian started gracefully dancing around the room like she was in her own little world. And the psychologist very wisely turned to Jillian's mom and said, Jillian isn't sick. She doesn't have a diagnosis. She's not a problem. She's a dancer. Take her to dance school, which her mom did. She found a school that, that focused on that. On her very first day at the dance school, Jillian walked in and saw a room full of kids just like her who couldn't sit still, who just had to move. She had many, many years of dance training and eventually joined the, the Royal Ballet. And during her illustrious career, she worked with the uh, uh, producer Andrew Lloyd Webber, creating dances and the choreography for shows like Cats, The Phantom of the Opera, and many more. She became a world-famous choreographer. Thank goodness her mom found someone who helped her learn how to support her daughter instead of judging her. Because I think Jillian, I, I don't know Jillian, but I think because of her story that she felt different. Other ways, because of ability, the kids might feel different. We had a girl last week in our circle um, who felt different because school is hard for her. She has some learning disabilities. And so she looks at her friends who were, you know, breezing through school, not even trying very hard and getting A's. And here she is working her butt off to barely get B's and C's. And so she thinks she's stupid and she feels different. There's a girl last spring at a retreat who had dyslexia and she also thought she was stupid and she felt di different because she had to have a person come into the classroom and give her special attention, like a, like a, a teacher's aide. That made her feel different. There's a lot of kids who feel different because they have uh, different issues that, cause, that, that causes them to have to leave the classroom to get services like physical therapy or, or occupational therapy or speech therapy or whatever. It makes them feel different. 
I've been to a lot of school circles. One time last spring was one of the times when when uh, when kids will talk about how they feel different because they're the worst athlete at recess. And for boys and girls, a lot of times it's those top athletes who rule the playground. And if you're not very coordinated and you're the slowest kid and you're the last kid who's picked for teams, a lot of times that makes them feel different in a bad way. They feel like they're not good enough. I think I've, I, I t- there was a girl last week at our camp who felt different because all of her siblings got straight A's. They were top students and this girl was struggling to get B's and C's. There are some girls who tell me that they feel different because they feel like they're behind socially because they're not doing some of the things that their friends are, not watching those TV shows, they're not on TikTok, they're not on social media. There was a girl who was at our teen camp this past spring who comes from a family of high achievers. Uh, The mom is a lawyer, Uh, the dad is an architect. She has two siblings who are in professional schools for college, and this girl does not want to go to college. She wants to go to cosmetology school. She wants to do hair. She's one of those kids uh, in the last few years of high school where she's the one where everybody goes to before proms and homecoming dances and she does their their makeup and their hair and she loves it and she wants to do that. But because everybody in her school and everybody in her family is doing it the more traditional quote unquote way, that one path thing I've talked about, she feels different. As I've talked about in this podcast many, many times before, every kid in some way feels different. I've done those kinds of circles for 30 years, camps, retreats, school programs, all those things I've talked to you about. And I've never had a circle where someone wasn't able to share at least one or two things about ways that they judge that they're, they're different in a way they don't like. So I guarantee you that your daughters, for those of you who are listening to this, in some way feels different. And they judge themselves for it. So I would love, to you have, love for you to have conversations with them about what are the ways that you might feel different and help them to reframe it. First of all, it's nice to sit in a circle of peers and hear I'm not the only one who judges myself. I'm not the only one who feels different in some way. That's a gift. That's a blessing for girls to know that they're not the, they're not the only ones. And sometimes we'll tell them that, but they don't believe it until they're in a circle and they hear it. It's also good for girls to start to identify what are the things that you've learned because of the way you're different? What are some of the blessings, the gifts that have come from that? And one of them is empathy. I read a story about a pet owner. I'm sorry, a pet store owner. And he put up a sign in a store one day that said, Puppies for Sale. And a little girl walked into, into the uh, his store and she says, how much do you sell the puppies for? And the owner said, well, anywhere from $50 to $200. Well, the little girl pulled some change out of her pocket, and she had $12.37 and asked to look at the puppies. So the man whistled, and the mother lab came in, and she was, and behind her came six little tiny puppies. One of the puppies was lagging behind, limping very badly. The little girl asked what was wrong with him, with her. And the owner explained that she was born without a hip socket on one side and she would always limp. This little girl excitedly told the man that's the dog that she wanted. And the man said that he would give it to her for nothing. But he, she insisted she wanted to pay because that dog was worth as much as the others. She says she'd pay $2.37 and then $0.50 cents a month until he was paid for. 
And the owner looked at her and said, are you sure you want to buy this little dog? She's never going to be able to run or jump and play with you like the other puppies. The little girl reached down, pulled up her pants leg to reveal a badly twisted, crippled left leg that was supported by a big metal brace. And the little girl said, I don't run so well myself, and that little puppy is going to need somebody who understands. You can think about the ways that we're different, and you can judge it in a way that makes you feel separate, or you can use it to feel more empathy for people that you understand. And maybe we don't have the exact same difference that somebody has, but we have the same feelings that we felt along the way. Also, even though we look at people sometimes and we see we're different because we have a different skin color or because they're into sports and I'm not, we've done our um, what do you have in common exercises at camp. We'll, we'll pair up girls like that who are different, quote unquote, who and look at each other in a superficial way and say, I probably wouldn't be friends with her because we're so different. But when they sit down and just listen to each other, they realize we have a lot of things in common that we would never know if we just superficially judged each other. Judged each other and cause that to make us be separate and not to hang out together. I also think we parents, educators, have a huge role in making sure our kids don't um, get stuck or held back by their differences. Let me tell you a couple of my favorite stories about uh, real real life people, eminent people that you you might um, relate with. One of them was about a little girl named Olga. And she grew up with a mom who was very depressed. Um, She had bipolar disorder. And so her dad would tell her to take care of her mother whenever he went out, whenever he went to work. This little girl's mother had always wanted to be an artist, but she lived in Puerto Rico and her family, um, and so she stayed home with her family and her husband worked because that's the way it was done in Puerto Rico at that time. When she was about five years of age, her mom was sitting at the, at the uh, kitchen table and she was doodling on a grocery list and she drew a picture of Mick, Mickey Mouse, which shocked the little girl. She said, I thought she was like a god. And I told her, you've got to teach me how to do that. That's amazing. From that day forward, this little girl was always drawing Olga. She got in trouble at school because she had a low focus, except for art, kind of like that story I told you about earlier. At a parent-teacher conference, her teacher said, she's not doing her lessons. She's always just drawing. Her parents' response to that was, we need to buy Olga more paper at home. This mother continued to inspire her and her work, and she became a very famous sculptor, famous all over the world, Olga Ayala. Another story about a little boy named Benjamin. When he was seven years of age, he was put in charge of his little niece when her mom went, when his mom went to work one day. And so he was fanning flies over her crib and the baby was laughing and, and he grabbed a pen and paper and this little boy started to, to work to try and capture this little baby's charms. He was, he was just so inspired by her. And just as he finished, his mom returned and um, he caught uh, Benjamin off guard and he tried to hide his drawings, but his suspicious uh, behavior drew his mom's attention. And she said, what have you been doing? And Benjamin begged his mom not to be upset as he handed over his drawings. And she looked at those and, he, and she declared that those drawings looked just like his little niece, Sally. The following year, his aunt sent him a box of paints and canvases and Benjamin disappeared the next morning with his supplies, forgetting all about school. 
His mom was upset when she found him in the attic and was about to scold him when her eyes fell on his drawings. Instead of reprimanding him, she picked him up and covered him with kisses and promised to explain to his dad what had kept him from his studies. Later on in life, the famous artist Benjamin West, the American painter, later in life, he was often heard to say, it was my mother's kisses that made me an artist. I've heard far too many girls in the last 10, 20 years in my circles in schools tell me that uh, when I ask them, you know, what do you want to do after after high school? And they say, go to college. I say, do you have any idea what you want to do with your life? I've had so many of them say, well, I really want to be a teacher, but mm, I'm not. I'm going to go to school and do something different. And I'll say, why? And they'll say, my parents said that you can't make enough money. Some of the girls will say, I've always wanted to be a writer or an artist in some way. And, and they get the same message. You can't make enough money. We're losing our artists, we're losing our writers, we're losing our poets, our musicians, our dancers, because we have so much energy around money. And therefore, our kids who have a different talent and a different gift don't get supported for it, like Olga Ayala and Benjamin West uh, were. We need to learn to see our kids through their highest light and to support them, even if it looks different. Remember the words from my opening poem. Here's to the kids who are different, the kids with the mischievous streak. For when they have grown, as history has shown, it's their difference that makes them unique. Lots of stories about people like Albert Einstein and Thomas Edison and all people like that who were different when they were kids. Pablo Picasso used to draw sixes. And when he started to draw a six, the number six, he said it looked so much like a nose he couldn't help but make it into a nose and make it into a face. Here's to the kids who are different. Those kids need support. Let me end here with a good story. It talks about a way to support kids who are different. There's a little girl who grew up knowing she was different because she was born with a cleft palate. And when she started school, her peers teased her about her misshapen lip, her crooked nose. She had lopsided teeth and kind of garbled speech. When they would ask her what had happened to her lip, she'd tell them that she had fallen down and cut it on a piece of glass because that somehow seemed more acceptable than admitting she'd been born so differently. And she had become convinced that no one outside of her family could ever love her. And luckily, she got a very caring and loving teacher in the second grade. All the kids adored this teacher. One day, all the kids were doing their yearly hearing tests. And she was embarrassed because she was um, virtually deaf in one of her ears. In the past, she had passed um, the test by pressing her hand lightly against the good ear so she could hear what the teacher was saying. The teacher's instructions were, hold that ear tight so you can't hear out of that ear, and then she would test the other ear. Well, the teacher, the teacher would do that, and they would say phrases like, you know, the sky is blue, or do you have new shoes, and then the kids were supposed to repeat it. That was their hearing test. Well, this little girl knew the, knew this, knew the gig, And so when it was her turn this year in second grade, she waited for the phrase from her teacher. She was expecting to hear, you know, the sky is blue, do you have new shoes? But instead, she heard seven words that changed her life. The teacher whispered into her ear, I wish you were my little girl. That kind of love, unconditional love and acceptance of kids for who they are 
even though they're different, is what's going to allow them to become who they're supposed to become. You might encourage your kids to sit down and listen to this podcast with you. Also, when you see stories in the news, you see stories in books, have them read biographies about people who have differences. Or even better, share your differences. I'm sure every one of you listening to this, every parent, had says at some point in their life felt different in some way. Think back to when you were in grade school or middle school, high school. There's lots of ways that we've had, all have felt different. And share those with your with your daughters. So they know you can understand them. You, they know you can resonate and they know you can connect with their story because you too have felt that way at some point. And also how you kind of overcame it. How you learned to, instead of judging it in a negative way, how you learned to embrace it and turn it into a positive. Stories are so valuable, like the stories about Gillian Lynn, the dancer, the story about Benjamin West, the artist. All those kinds of stories can help kids learn that it's good to be different. It makes them unique, and that's that's going to be part of the way they're going to be. They're going to give their gifts to the world. Thanks so much for listening in. Always feel free to pass these on to your friends, people you know uh, who have kids. I will be back here in a week with another podcast. Check out all of my programs, my books, my everything else that I do, my my online parenting courses at www.drtimjordan.com. Uh, thanks for stopping by. I'll see you back here in a week.